This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Master of the Web, Lady Dawn of House Wright, Sir Chris of House Farber, Lady Tracy of House Faw, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Brett of House Fry, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Sir David of House Fraser, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry, Lady Madeline of House Fritzel. This episode of Bend the Knee is protected by Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Sir Ryan of House Terbush, Lord Robert the Unfrozen of House Butler, Lord Paramount of Skagos Island, Lady Sarah the Unraveler. Our current champion is Lady Kira of House Arnold. Our current master of coin is Lord Jason of House Ross. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome back to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today, friends, a little special episode as we welcome Sir Matt back uh, back home. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was on vacation just for the weekend, really, so I don't know that it really affected uh, us all that much here on Bend the Knee, but it was a great time. Uh, I went and performed a wedding. So, had to fulfill some some uh, some nightly duties. But but you, uh, you also like like uh, you you were the what the minister? I mean you you I was did the, the officiant. Wedding. I you believe the, I believe the correct term is officiant. Officiant. Okay. By the power vested in me and the state of Nevada for this single ceremony only. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let, hey, let let me just okay, real quick. Is that here. what you had to say? Is that how you said it? Well, yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, I had never, I had never done it. It was my girlfriend's brother, and they kind of asked me because, look, you know, you do pub, you do some public speaking. They wanted to be real chill. Is at their house? You know, they were planning on doing it, and then COVID hit, so they kind of downsized it and stuff like that. It was still a lot of fun. Everybody it was really good. I mean, every, the way they, the way they did the whole thing. Um, yeah. So I just kind of found a couple scripts online, just like, and kind of pieced it together. Um, right. But let me just say that I did, I did, uh, I did, I did edit a line here um, at the very end where it's like it's like vows, you know, like hey, they say something, they say something, and it's kind of like you know, I pledge this to you from the bottom of my heart, yada, yada, you know. And in the in the thing, it said for all the days of the rest of our lives. Yeah, I had to make a quick edit there on mm. you know like five minutes before the uh, ceremony. I said, I believe what they mean to say is from this day until my last what? day. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my. Maybe gosh. a little song. Maybe a little song of ice and fire style in there. So if you are looking to get married, yes, I will. I we we Sir Ezra and I can perform. You know, we uh. we take this. Sh we can take this show on the road. Wow, let's go. Okay, let's okay. Go. We actually can. We, we're, we're hedge really knights. We just yeah. we don't even need a bed to sleep in. Maybe just a hedge. Okay. You right, know. right. <laughs> Dude, that's actually so cool. I'm gonna start calling you the high sparrow. You know what I mean? Uh, Whoa. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, you and your your septon duties. Um, that's awesome though, man. Yeah, that, that's cool. So yeah, Matt was Matt was away. And um, we're kind of on a on a Monday night here, just saying. Last week we didn't get to a couple of these ravens 
You know, mm-hmm. we had uh, we had a really good chat about Ravens and Crows, right? We did, and we had we had three Ravens. But before we get to that, as I do have one thing, yeah, what do you got? to say? Let us all bow down oh, to the right one and true king, Dear God. LeBron James, baby. <laughs> Let's go! Oh my gosh, we are all witnesses. <laughs> yeah, we this. are. To his greatness. Absolutely. He, wow. he, gave, he gave Akron, Ohio a shout out. Said, Akron, did really? we did it again. Let's hit. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, man. Wow. I'm feeling that. I it was, feel that. It was, it was good. Yeah. So, yeah. boom. Yeah. It's primetime television. Every season, you know, there was they took a break last year. But for the past 10 years, every he's like, oh, you know, LeBron, LeBron in the NBA Finals. It's like watching Game of Thrones. It's on just about every year except that one year they have a hiatus. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he, and he yeah. Asked, well, I mean, he hasn't he disappointed had, us, uh, right? I mean, up until, well, okay, maybe a few well, times. Maybe a couple of times. Yeah. But, yeah. But so. <laughs> well, he's had some good ones. He's so. had some good Yeah. 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 It's, it's always so, drama. It's always, it's always dramatic. It, it so. is. It, it is always drama. Yeah. So, all right. As we have uh, a couple of Ravens here today. So let's start with this first one here from Sir Travis of House Sloan. Uh, hey, Sir Matt and Sir Ezra. So I was recently on the A Song of Ice and Fire subreddit and wondered what you guys think about a really interesting theory I'd never heard before. So the theory states that Cersei will lose her foot in the winds of winter. The reasoning is because of her walk of atonement, she cuts her foot on a shard of glass and proceeds to walk through blood, feces, urine, and a bunch of other gross things in Flea Bottom. The theory then goes on to talk about how it is a physical representation of Jamie and Cersei's connection. Due to the fact that Jamie was grasping Cersei's foot when they came out of the womb, the theory talks about how when Jamie lost his hand, he lost his connection to Cersei, but Cersei still loves and has a connection to him. But when she loses her foot, it will represent the severed relationship on her side as well. Keep up the great work. I really appreciate your devotion and passions to making other content for people to enjoy. Sir Travis of House Sloan. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to the Song of Ice and Fire subreddit, man. They yeah. it is a great it is a great place over there. It is. And I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. Y- yes. I hundred yeah. percent agree <laughs> now that now that you put it like that, I'm in. Yeah, it, it, I honestly I was like, it makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh and, and you know, George likes to do things where real realistically, you know, if you did cut I mean it, the odds are high that you would have a, a, a cut of some kind, you know, walking mm-hmm. uh, barefoot um, on that walk of atonement. And, yeah, there's tons of nasty, dirty things that you're going to be stepping in, getting maybe an infection and whatever. It wasn't Picel just killed, right? I mean, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, maybe you're, you're down a healer uh, situation. And so that would be really, really really interesting and it would also be kind of like like they both have a air quote like a like a you know a crippled brother right i mean he talks uh Tyrion's right. always fan, they have about, they have they, they have the phantom pain as as, as you call it the, yeah like the if you're missing a limb right yeah yeah but you know even 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 more than that like like Tyr- like so Tyrion before jamie mm-hmm. loses a hand before cersei air quote oh yeah even foot, her, yeah yeah, like like you think about how they've mistreated him and and everything, and the irony in that they would lose a hand or a foot, and then possibly 
be made fun of and mocked, you know, when they've mocked him their entire life. I mean, it's just would be really interesting. And then as, as uh, you know, Travis points out in the, the, the Reddit theory points out, that's, that's wild to think. Yeah. Like he's holding his hand is holding her foot and that connection, you know, is, is severed really like, right. Well, we know from the, you know, the show in the show, we do see them lose, they lose that kind of can that 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 connection between each other, right? That's why Jamie goes north, right? And he says right. at one point, you know, I'm done with her before he ultimately ends up going back. But I mean, that could be another note that Gurr gave those guys, and you know, just in in a bullet point, Jamie and Cersei have a falling out, but they'll end up reconciling in the end. But mm-hmm. they don't, you know, they didn't go with the route of her losing her, her foot. Um, uh, yeah, I that would be I could. That is, it would be really, really cool. It would be very poetic for them to lose that. Um, I'll say this though: if that happens, yeah, then I think that has some major implications for the Valencar prophecy, and that I think it might be Tyrion, because if she lo- if she loses her foot, and then that's like her connection with Jamie, then I don't think it's going to be Jamie ending up being the one who ends up killing her. Because I think I think if you're going to go down that route, you know, unless Gurr said, "Hey, they come back together in the end," maybe yeah. they, you know, who knows? The showrunners may have decided to do that. Maybe he said Jamie and Cersei split up. Um, then I think it would be better if it were actually Tyrion who who did it, because now it's like she's she's lost, you know, she she's she's lost Jamie for good, right? Yeah, that that would be. I, th- I think either way, you're probably right. I mean, it's one of those points that's that's beyond Winds of Winter. It's well into the last book or, or whatever the last book will be for for George, whether it's you know two books away or three or what, who knows. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a point that's so far away that he hasn't quite figured out if it's what's going to drive the two apart or um, who is it that's going to be that that kills Cersei. You know, the other thing I've always thought is it is it really a direct? I mean, doesn't Tyrion in some ways, even in the show. Just by just by being behind Danny, right? I mean, he's he's a part of that whole. Um, yeah, he's he's the reason that she is that she is killed, and right. that subtlety seemed kind of kind of cool to me. He doesn't directly go stab her or shoot her with a crossbow uh, or or whatever, but he's a part of the reason why she 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 dies. Jamie, same same thing. I don't think any of them are going to be directly um, involved in in some kinslaying or whatever, but their downfall will be cause like the root of their downfall her downfall will be be due to one of her younger brothers so Mm -hmm. and yeah and and, and she's already um with jamie in in the book she's mocking him because of the loss of his hand you know every once in a while she gets that nasty just venomous type of um you know rebuke or whatever just points out that that you know who is he what is he uh with without his his hand um yeah yeah, I mean, it would be good. It, it it gives her some sort of vulnerability. It makes her weak. It makes her, um, you know, when she's almost this like pristine, you know, you know, kind of kind kind of person, and now she has something that I think she would find, you know, like despicable. So I mean, there's so much to that, um, and yeah, I mean, I I really I really I need to go back and I guess read that read that chapter because that I mean you know it's just something you it. That's how Gurr does it, right? You're reading and Cersei's walking and, and you're seeing the Walk of Atonement, but I never really thought, oh, how 
no, that foot's going to not only did it just get cut, but it's going to get infected and then she could lose it because of the connection with, you know, with, with Jamie and sure. his and his hand holding her foot when they came when they when they came out. So, yeah, I'm uh, man, I, I'm I could totally be on board with this. I think there that would be there's a lot of really cool stuff um, you could do in the story with this. Yeah, same here. So, uh, so Travis, thanks, man. That's really cool. I really uh, that was that was neat to kind of um, to think about. And I guess moving forward, you know, when we do our our winds of winter, you know, kind of thoughts and theories on Cersei, I need to start thinking more so that she may not have a foot. You know, yeah, that's she's that's a walking way to, around Westeros, which would which would be perfect if she were to end up with Euron, because then she could have a peg leg, and it's it's you know just. <laughs> It works just great, you know that pirate life. So okay, I mean, it's just crazy, <laughs> cow man. Oh my god, it's just he's just really going down that that pirate angle. You know, you uh, give her a, right, leave so. leave it to Sir Matt to draw <laughs> the, the obvious connection. Uh, hey, it's right there, man. It was right there. It really was. I know. I know. Uh, yeah, that's great. Old peg leg Cersei. I mean, you know, I mean, it could. It, it could happen. So, like, I'm just, I'm just seeing now, like, like, like her with a patch, you know, like all of a sudden she, like, uh, she, you know, that's that's wild. All right, okay. all right, all right, guys. Hey, let us know, guys. What 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 do you guys think on on that one? So, okay, we have another Raven uh, today. Um, this one is on House Royce and the Veil. This is from a Wanderer has no name. Good sirs, you requested subjects and I am answering the call. What can you put together about the Vale and especially House Royce? Um, Bronze Yon was a underrated player in the TV show. Then there was a Royce in the Game of Thrones prologue. Uh, and there was a Royce in the party escorting the Starks to King's Landing that were infamously tortured and murdered by the Mad King. And we know all, you know, what happened after that. The Royces have a rich history in the Vale, a region that is, you know, relatively neglected, but deserves more attention as we head towards winds of winter. I would appreciate any thoughts and research you can put together on this region and family when you have time. Valar Morgulis, a wanderer, has no name. Yeah, so uh, this is neat. And, and I think everyone, um, the, the, one, the one region that, always needs a little bit more research and looking into is the veil because uh it recently in our reread in in, in in a clash of kings i'm coming across you know um these some, some of these minor characters so robar royce right was a member of the rainbow guard we talked about um a couple weeks back i think it was and yeah he's he's killed right he's he's one of the um he's one of yon uh, Jan Royce's uh, sons, and he's he's done in. He has a, he has a few more. Uh, Waymar Royce, right? Uh, he's got a daughter. Uh, let me see here. Who else we got? Yeah, and we, we all know they have, a, they, have a, they have a really cool sigil, by the way. Uh, yeah. It is a it's uh, it's like a it's like a bronze um, shield, uh, and it's got black iron studs. Then it has runes around it, which is which they are because they are House Royce of Runestone. Right. And their yep, words are we remember. Yeah, what? What do they Yeah, remember? what is it what is it that you remember? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> he's a cool I mean he's a cool guy and he's um I mean we see him in in the show 
Uh, he's pretty prevalent. He, he, he's, he kind of sticks around for a long time. He's a big, he, he represents, I guess, to us, like the veil. Like when we think of the veil, we think of that guy, right? Um, but yeah, they had, they were, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, no I'll, I'll say, he's, he's the one who's really dealing with uh, Peter Baelish right now and who I think we're going to have some, you know, conflict there if, if we ever figure out what the, what the hell Peter Baelish is, is actually doing uh, with, at, at the Veil of Aaron. So, yeah. So just on on their history a little bit. Um, I'm just just going back here. They were actually they were kings. Uh, they were they were the they were the bronze kings up until kind of the Andal um, uh, the Andal invasion, uh, and then it kind of um, you know fell fell apart. That uh, then the Aaron then it was kind of the Aarons came in, and then of course they submitted to House. Uh, House Targaryen and the the Royces have you know sworn fealty to House Aaron ever ever since the new kings of the mountain mountain and the Vale, uh, and so then yeah as 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 I said who we actually see in the show right you have Waymar Royce um, he's the 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 Night Watch Ranger that uh, takes on another right I mean he's 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 he he takes him on and it's actually way cooler in the books uh, than it is. Than it than it is in the show, um, and then he gets turned into a white and kills you know Will who's up there, right? Uh, and the, yeah, and then most and then mostly uh, it is um, yeah, uh, Yon Yon Royce who he's yeah, he's good in the show and we see him and he's he's kind of part of Sansa's guard and and Sansa's kind of uh, team and so it's going to be interesting uh, as we go forward because Sansa is still in the veil. Uh, she's not uh, where where you know she she ends up in 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 the show like way away doing the whole Renly or not Renly um, Ramsey storyline. So it, yeah, it is possible as I said we're going to see what happens with Baelish and 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 Sansa moving moving forward. Um, and maybe Sansa will have some discussions with him uh, about I want to send I want to go take back Winterfell. Um, and, and maybe go behind Baelish because it seems like, you know, in the show, excuse me, in the show, Baelish and Sansa are at odds, mostly because Sansa felt like she was sold off. But now if she's not essentially sold off, then maybe, maybe that, um, that tension between the two is more because Sansa is beginning to play the game for herself and Baelish doesn't like that. He doesn't have control over her and, uh, you know, Jan Royce may be a key figure in that since he kind of commands the troops yeah i yeah right for sure so he's he's so interesting right he's the one guy who is um when, when the lord's uh declarant sort of show up there uh they they want to talk things over after lysa aaron is you know she's killed this in basically it's like a commission right they go in they're going to investigate mm-hmm. some of this they want to then also take uh sweet robin and they want to raise him you know to be this knight that his father would have been proud of he needs all that kind of, you know, the good companionship, all those things. And Peter Baelish is, is really giving, letting Sansa know, hey, this is the one guy who probably is opposed to my plans, is probably going to tip off, um, you know, Harry the heir, uh, Harold Harding, and let him know what, what, what's, what's going on. So he's, uh, he's a guy who, but Baelish says he's just one man, not to worry about him. He doesn't think by himself he can do anything. But... I don't know. His sons have been a pretty big deal. His son was in, he was killed in the freaking prologue. I mean, then his other son is a part of the Rainbow Guard. Um, he, marriage alliances. He's seemingly a big deal and, and, and you know, has, has a lot of um, 
I think, sway. So yeah, I, I I look for him to actually pull some move, or more more likely that if as Sansa learns about the region, um, and, and you just said this is to go behind his back and maybe seek him out and say, hey, here's what's going on, and use something against Baelish, uh, to kind of help her, you know, gain gain some favor there. So yeah, so. Hey, thank hey, th- thank you uh, for the Raven and guys. Again, hey, on this one, let us know too. What do you th- what do you think is going to be House Royce as we go further into the winds of winter? Um, okay, we have one here from uh, Lady Sarah, right? The the Unraveler mm-hmm. as yep. Yep. Um, she says hello again, good sirs. Uh, this, I believe this is kind of uh, some follow up to the one we did about Summer Hall um, uh, a little bit ago. So uh, I was in a hurry for a school pickup the other day and totally forgot to mention that something even more likely happened to our beloved Egg. Um, and again, this is at Summer Hall. She's talking about because George loves to rip our hearts out of our chests. As much as I love a good Maleficent dragon transformation, it is unfortunately unlikely that Aegon managed that for himself. I think he may have had, along with the uh, with the others, been killed in betrayal slash mutiny. I'm thinking something along the style of John by his brothers and Black, the Red Wedding, etc. Maesters have a thing for stamping out magic. Highborn lords have a thing for not wanting to distribute power amongst the people. You can see how this egg was eventually going to hatch. Uh, and then she has more for our Zoom theory, uh, you know, when we when we when we do some more of the our Zoom hangouts for, for you people on Patreon. So wishing you uh, both fortune in the days to come. Yeah, so you know, we talked about the idea of egg potentially turning into a a dragon, right? Because a dragon hatches out of out of out of the egg, uh, just kind of using that that word play. Um, but so now now we're talking here about the idea of, you know, was it something that the maesters were involved in, and was it betrayal at Summer Hall? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things I think that um, we did touch on this a little bit in a previous Zoom chat, and I think we're gonna, hopefully we're going to talk about it again a little bit more. Hopefully, when Sir Ezra's a little bit more sober, guys, you got to be careful uh, in those on in those, those Zoom chats. <laughs> yeah, be careful. I don't know what I'm getting into sometimes. There, um, I'm in a rabbit hole most of the time and don't even know it. So, uh, <laughs> um, but no, I think we were talking about the idea that the you know that the Maesters might have had something to do with Summerhall, and that maybe not directly. They're not directly you know lighting the the fire, but, uh, they might've orchestrated it in some way or caused it or knocked over a lamp or whatever. Um, just because, yeah, they don't want it. They, they don't want magic to return. They are going to stamp that out. They hear the ceremonies going on. Also, if, gosh, if there ever was a time where you hear some crazy rituals going down with higher Lords and there's magic and sorcery and possibly wildfire and who knows what else they were going to do at summer hall. That's a great opportunity to say, Something could go wrong there. Let's make it seem like that's exactly what happened. You know, um, there's a high likelihood that they're going to mess this up and we need to maybe send someone in to make sure that it does get messed up and turns into a tragedy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that could be possible. And, and yeah, if, could you imagine if George does what he does, which is the Red Wedding, um, you know, John's brothers for the watch, uh, type of situation where people say, Hey, you've gone too far. 
We can't allow this to happen. We can't allow you to bring these people back. You know, it would be like if he developed a really good relationship with um, one of the other maesters. You know, Maester Eamon is, is, his, is his brother, right, who is being shipped off, well, has been at that time, I think, is up at the tower. Uh, or not the tower, at the, at, at the wall, right? So, yeah, something could, could go down with the maesters. The other thing could be that uh, there's a faction of people who just want to cause chaos maybe that you remember we did the whole tourney um the the uh heron hall tourney mm-hmm. situation with like the southern ambition mm-hmm. kind of ambitions uh, alliance and all that yeah, yeah yeah so if that is in its early not that it'd be almost too early but like who knows maybe there are some of those younger lords who are looking to really um cause some cause some chaos or something and it could be that they get close to to egg and they they see an opportunity where they can cause a tragedy and and they and they go for it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. Just because you know we think about the Maesters, right? When Sam goes there and you know he's trying to tell him, hey, I, I you know the others, and they just dismiss it. All right, yeah, you know what's what's going on. But we know there's magic going on. There's glass candles yeah. burning. There's all the, all this stuff and. I think it is. I think it, I'm way more on the idea that the Maesters know magic is real. They know that everything's going on, and they they have if they can control it, if they can, can suppress it, then it gives them, uh, you know, it, it gives that it gives them power. So I could totally see them trying to do it. And remember, it's not like Egg as much as Egg was actually, you know, he wasn't. He was. He obviously wasn't. Um, like Ares, you know, the second, or, I mean, he's not, he's not the mad King, but yeah. he did a lot of things as you read in, you know, in a world of ice and fire that upset people, marriage yeah. alliances, yeah. you know, I mean, there was a lot of things that he did that didn't necessarily go well. Right. Now that's a really good point. I was actually just thinking to myself, well, like with house Baratheon and, you know, and you look at where Robert Baratheon later on is positioned and why is he the one who we're kind of saying, let's push this guy forward and in his own rebellion. Like, did some of that, you know, start to fester and be I mean, again, I know there's the, the blood tie, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in the house Targaryen or whatever. Actually, the whole house Baratheon is, is you know, go back to Aegon's conquest. I always forget that, like, it's a created house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's one that is created possibly from a bastard targaryen anyways which is interesting who knows uh, you know a, a brother half brother whatever um or good friend or whatever you want to call him you know there was rumor that he might might have been related in some way but yeah i mean that is that's that's fascinating to think that somebody would more political scheming and maybe that might that marriage alliance did that went sad that went south that that uh dunk had to go you know if it was a lionel baratheon right, right or mm-hmm. something he had to yeah. fight um, you know, stuff like that can, can cause, uh, some strife. And even though it may seemingly be put down, it, it could have, um, festered for a well, while. And then I'm sure, I'm sure also that, that, you know, maesters and, and stuff like that don't appreciate the idea of Jenny of old stones and her woods, witch uh, having any sort of political sway, Whoa. uh, you know, I mean, I mean, just say it, you know what I mean? I'm sure that, wow. I mean, just, I mean, just look, I mean, just look, you know, we see it more in the, sh- in the show cause it goes a different route. It, look at, look at Picel versus Kyber. It's like, Oh, he was banned. He, he, he shouldn't be allowed to, you know, right. perform these types of ceremonies, like these experiments and, and all these things he was kicked out. I mean, you know, and so I doubt that I, I, I doubt that whatever maesters there are at the time are going to think that, you know, this let's bring, 
Because, I mean, I'm just guessing, but I'm sure that Jenny of Old Stones and her Woods Witch had have something to do with this more than, say, Maesters, uh, you know, saying, hey, let's 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 try to whatever happens at Summer Hall, if it is trying to use wildfire to bring back dragons. I'm sure that it was probably more them than it was, uh, you know, like a maester suggesting let's try this. Yeah. So let me, let me just, while we're, while we're thinking about this, cause we actually were in the, the zoom chat. I was with, um, Sir Jimmy and lady Sarah. I think, uh, Sir Ryan was in there a couple of, you know, a few others. We were talking about Jenny of old stones and, and being the wife of Duncan Targaryen, Prince of dragon, Prince of Dragon uh, flies, and the song that's made of her, the Ghost of High Heart Connection. Um, my gosh, dude! So the whole—let me see. Let me let me back up here real quick. So local villagers consider the wild Jenny a half uh, mad peasant, with some calling her a witch. All right, she became popular with the small folk throughout the Seven Kingdoms. However, um, so. D- the way in which the, the prince loved Jenny so much that he married her against the wishes of his father, breaking his betrothal to the daughter of Lionel Baratheon, Lord of Storm's End. Did he love her so much or was he bewitched? Yeah. You know? Like, was there something else going on? I, 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 because she's a part of the tragedy. I mean, like... Mm-hmm was so is it that someone's upset that she stole their love you know so that whole Lionel Baratheon it it could be that it could just be a a vengeance type of thing and she shows up and you're like you're saying she's taking the place and she's getting a seat of honor and a woods witch is walking in here what in the world I mean what in seven hells right I mean that's is Melisandre Jenny of Old Stones I think it's possible who knows I mean maybe yeah I don't know um but then yeah, is is it all? Are is there something more sinister going on? With oh my god, dude, you want you want a crackpot? I mean, I love when you say stuff like like that about Melisandre, and then my mind just goes to some crackpot theory. You know, like it, the idea would be, let's say that Jenny of Oldstones is 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 Melisandre, right? And, and Melisandre is actually she is some practicing witch. But she also is, is really, she's in that region. We call her a witch, but she's actually just beginning to understand R'hllor. And well, and, 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 well you know. and it happens in this ceremony in which it's all about fire and what she sees in the flames is... Right. Yeah, yeah who knows? Like, like, so we don't really know much about Melisandre's origins. We know we, uh, you know that she's a sh- you know from a Shai, the whole thing. But when, how well, is it, it, it is also is it is it is also revealed in this Jenny of Oldstone all you know Jenny of Oldstones and her and her and her Woods Witch, right? That the prince who is promised is gonna cut co- you know, the is is gonna come from that line. So Right. Exactly. Yeah. So so all of that yeah, there there yeah, that it'd be an interesting thing if there was a connection to Melisandra and then um I mean I was even going a little bit darker and just that like maybe this was it was time for a sacrifice to right. Relore. And uh, well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, I mean, you just look at the connections because it's like the through Jenny of Old Stones and, and, and her Woods Witch, right? Which is probably the ghost of High Heart, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not 100% confirmed, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's, obvious. Right. It is revealed that, you know, the, the, the this prince whose promise is going to come from the line of, of, you know, uh, of Aegon, right? Aegon, Aegon the Unlikely. And, 
Then you have Rhaegar, who, you know, is reading one day, decides I have to go fight the whole we get we get him and him and Jon Snow. And then he dies at the Ruby Ford and he has an armor of Ruby. And people think, oh, was he glamored? Is he still alive? And who else do we who else is the one person we know who would who would possibly do something like that is Melisandre. And he goes to Summerhall a lot. So is it possible that Jenny of Oldstone, you know, if you want to go down that Jenny of Oldstone's is Melisandre route? Well. What's I mean? What's what's saying she's not, and what's saying that that he didn't find her, and you know, and do stuff. Yeah, you know, the other thing is, too, I mean, that and that, that that they concocted this plan, and yeah, that's why she's she's going along with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, the other I, yeah. thing that's interesting about about Jenny of Oldstones, or even just like a Melisandre connection, I don't think it's real. I mean, we're just kind of loosely playing with this and having fun, um, but like the old stones, you know, to have like those rubies or a moonstone, right. you know, those stones that, that could possibly have power. So that's, that's kind of right. funny. But you know, the other thing is, well, I mean, Jenny, of or that, or she could, Jenny Voldstones couldn't, maybe she's not Melisandre, but she also could be uh, some sort of, you know, shadow binder like Melisandre, I mean, or red priestess. I mean, well, yeah, and as well, Melisandre would tell us too that that uh, Rolor works in mysterious ways, right, and uses right. other individuals for his his own purposes and stuff. And maybe you know, I, I it, they might have been the innocents in this, and the Ghost of High Heart might be right, and that Jenny was an innocent, and maybe she's not dead, maybe she is dead. We we literally have no idea with all that stuff that's going on there. But um, I do know it's. I've always wondered what Melisandre thinks about the Children of the Forest. Um, and so when I think about that, well, if she were Jenny, I mean, she would supposedly have a good friend who was a mm -hmm. wood, you know, the ghost of high heart or a woods, witch, um, who is a, you know, a child who would be one right. of the children of the forest. Um, cause Melisandre, we don't really get a lot of her. I don't think we get many, many of her thoughts on the children. No. We, we get her, no. her seeing in the flames, um, Brendan rivers, uh, blood Raven, but I don't know that we even see who he's surrounded by. Just that he's corpse white. He looks, I mean, he looks like the villain for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, so that that scares the the fire uh, right out of her. But yeah, I don't know. Um, just some yeah. interesting, interesting, crazy potential possible connections. I still think Melisandre is totally just from a shy. I don't. I. I've, I. Yeah. You know what? I. Who? Yeah. The, the whole who is Melisandre still just baffles me. And to hear George talk about her being kind of uh, misunderstood. And is she really just. Well, she's going to have big chapters in, in Winds of Winter. We know that. Right. Yeah. So when it, when slash if it ever comes. Out. When. <laughs> when. Yeah. No. OK. So this is cool. And I'm glad uh, Lady Sarah sent us a follow up on this because um, I think it is interesting and. Summer Hall. I wonder if other folks have different ideas or thoughts on it. There's not much in term in, in ways of t it's all blotted out with ink and it's a it's a big mystery. Um, we don't really know. You could just straight speculate on what happened at Summer Hall, what happened to Aegon Targaryen there and um, Aegon the Unlikely. We we just we just don't know why is it that significant? Why is it so important? Why does it seem like it's almost more important than the damn Tower of Joy and and the and, and the tourney of, of Heron Hall. Why does it seem that connected? You know, and it's gotta be, Sir Matt. I'm just one more. like Blood Raven prior, I mean, during the Blackfire Rebellions, is there having this whole back and forth with he's Maynard Plum, which we were talking to Sir Jimmy about 
You know, he's he's glamour with a moonstone. He's a thousand eyes in one. He ends up being the guy that Brand goes to. What? I, I mean, it's, it's such a connection back to the history is that you're like, it has to matter. It has to be that important. And then I, I just keep wondering to myself, like, did George always know that's where he was going with this? Or is this just evolving on him and it is just spiraling right out of control? And we haven't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, know. I'm with you. No, I'm with you. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I mean, again, it, it's it's also interesting because, you know, you go back. You go back to he wrote he, when he wrote everything and what we know from that outline what his plans were right his plans were three books you know you have your five main characters and so Blood Raven I don't think became a character until you know after a Game of Thrones while he's writing a Clash of Kings is when he's also writing the first Dunkin' Egg right and so I think I think that's when he started to develop come up with more ideas for these these more targaryens and let's expand the history and 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 Dun i mean obviously he came up with this idea for duncan egg and so i think he probably had some general idea of where he wanted duncan egg to go to um mm -hmm. and 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 how and how that would go on so that i almost think about was so was he then thinking about oh you know i should have it be this this sort of magical tragedy that ends up sending up setting up Rhaegar because Rhaegar is born, you know, at, at it's, it's not, it's not like Rhaegar is born because of the event, but it's just that Rhaegar's birth is there at this, like such an important event that I, I think everyone just ties it. Is it just coincident or is it some sort of like, you know, prophetic event, you know, that happens and I'm totally thinking it's some sort of prophecy level yeah, yeah. Uh, event. Yeah. Um, and so then you, that's ultimately going to lead to John, who is like, you know, the main character and, and everything. So, I mean, if you just think about the, where he wants this all, where he wants this all to go. And as he starts going down that 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 whole of this is where and, and expanding that outline, I, I think it's a big deal because, I mean, I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm I, let me look up and see when Summer Hall is actually first mentioned. I bet yeah, okay. it's a Clash yeah. of Kings. I bet well, it's not at all men mentioned in a Game of Thrones. Yeah, and while you're doing that, I, I, I guess I want to mention, too. So you still have Egg's brother, right? Aemon Targaryen, Maester Aemon, yes. who's alive and preserved at the Wall. You have their older um, uncle, right, or something, um, being, being Bloodraven. And he's super old and his life's prolonged by this tree. You have Cold Hands, who probably is Sir Duncan the Tall, um, possibly riding this elk, and is massive and scary and died long ago, or they killed him long ago. Who's they? The others. We don't know. Um, so you have a lot of different players there that it's it's interesting that they come from that whole time period of a you know Duncan Egg series. And so uh, yeah, so the Summer Hall tragedy yeah is first mentioned in a storm of swords. Wow. You so see? after he so after he has written he's after he's written a Clash of Kings and the first Duncan Egg, I believe the second Duncan Egg came out around the same time as Storm of Swords. I will look that up. Okay. Yeah. And so I think it is important to yeah, when when, so, when you're speculating. Yeah. Good. And so and just keep in mind, it comes up in a Davos chapter 
And who else is in a lot of Davos chapters? Melisandre. Let's go. Let's go, man. I mean, a great fire, real lore, the whole nine yards, magic and everything, trying to bring it back. Um, so I think you're, you're spot on in that we have to kind of keep track of what is happening when. If, okay. you're, if, you're, if you yeah. want to do true speculation for Winds of Winter, when is George coming up with these ideas? How is this evolving? What is his writing style like? That kind of stuff. So, so when a storm of swords came, a storm of swords came out in two thousand. At that, so at that point, there was a Game of Thrones, Clash of Kings, storm of a storm of swords. Obviously, the Hedge Knight, and then the Sworn Sword comes out after a storm of swords, but comes out before a Feast for Crows. So he writes his first three books, and then he goes down on a side kind of. I need to write right. these backstories, and and keep in mind. Um, so, so keep in mind, we obviously, by that point in time, we have already also had an event in which Danny has awoken dragons from a fire. Cause that's the end of the first book. So as you get to, uh, you know, a storm of swords, which is by far the best book in, in the series, and you're mm -hmm. expanding on the Targaryen history with egg. And now you're including, um, Summer Hall, the event in which Egg dies. So he's probably writing the next Duncan Egg as he's kind of writing Storm of Swords and being like, oh, this is how Egg's ending is going to finish. Maybe trying to, I mean, you yeah, gotta, no. I think you gotta, you gotta look at his writing process sometimes. No, I think you're right. And so I was just looking up here recent events for the, um, you know, Jenny of Old Stones and for the Ghost of High Heart, where they mentioned a Storm of Swords, uh, right? That's, that's sort of when. Mm -hmm their first mention and we, we come across them. We learn about them. We learn about these other places. The world starts to grow on us. And yeah, you're right. He says, this is how I'm going to. So that to me, God, I just, I go back to like, it just, it keeps evolving on him. I think he just keeps right. learning more about this world. He doesn't quite know in full and that's fine where everything's going, but right. yeah. Yeah. So yeah. summer hall, the place is mentioned in a storm of swords, Tyrion three, just it, it, it exists and it, and it appears in the hedge night, just the name, but obviously the tragedy of summer hall hasn't happened in the hedge night because it's yeah. before. So he could, he could certainly have, he could certainly have those ideas, but the first time that it's, it's, it's mentioned in, in context of what actually happened is Davos three, um, in which Davos says, did we learn nothing from summer hall? No good has ever come from these dreams of dragons. <laughs> You know, that says a lot, right? I mean, you, you, all yeah, these, he says, all he these... says, yeah, he says th this talk of a stone dragon is madness. I tell you, Matt, I tell you sheer madness. Did we learn nothing from Arian bright flame from the nine mages from the alchemist? Did we learn nothing from Summerhall? And, and Davos speaks a lot of truth. I mean, a lot of, that's, that's mm -hmm. the, that's the big thing Stannis always kind of prides him on is that he seems to cut through all the BS and gives it to you straight. And actually he is a character we should pay a lot of attention to because seemingly, um, yeah, all the, all this other stuff with Melisandre, the hoopla is, is it's overdone and yeah. And know. then, okay. So then in a storm of swords, Daenerys four, um, uh, Danny, uh, is, is thinking about it, you know, it was, and she's thinking about Rhaegar, uh, it was the shadow of Summerhall that haunted him, was it not? Um, and then again, and yet Summerhall was not the place, uh, was the place the prince loved best, so she's thinking about, you know, him and his harp, um, and, you know, that's probably, uh, not her thinking about it, that's what's his name, uh, Barrison Salmi, Barris, probably yeah. is, 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 is telling her that, just, 
Um, yeah, yeah. Just in look and looking at the context of that text. I mean, uh, then a storm of swords aria. That's where I gorged on grief at Summer Hall. Um, you know, and then they're talking about it because they happen to be around there. And then uh, we move into a feast for crows and then and 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 stuff like that. Right. That's when Sam is learning about you know Regar and the fire devouring Summer Hall and and, and stuff like that. So. I mean, you just think about it. So Summerhall is something he's he's kind of thinking of and expanding on more, but it, it, he probably didn't. He he came up with it certainly probably in the Hedge Knight. Right. As he's thinking, hey, I want to start expanding on these these Targaryens. Um, and then it really kind of takes over in a Storm of Swords. And it's all suddenly not all Summerhall is just a place. It's, oh, no, this big tragedy happened there. Rhaegar's born there. They were consumed by fire, trying to awake dragons, uh, much like Danny awakes dragons, because I already did that. But now let's, what if, what if some, what if these guys did it and it didn't work? Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing a little search myself here because this is interesting. Um, You've got me all fired up. So when I did, I just did a search, I went to a search of ice and fire, right? And I looked up Blood Raven, nothing mm-hmm. until a feast for crows, and then I'm gonna look up um, Brendan Rivers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just because, yeah, like, yeah when and he, he and he will show up. He will show up in probably the mystery night or the or the hedge night. And so summer, yeah. So summer hall is mentioned actually in it's mentioned in the. Uh, actually, Summer Hall, I don't believe is is mentioned in the Hedge Knight, but it is mentioned in the Mystery. Or no, it is. Excuse me. Yeah, the Hedge Knight and the Mystery Knight. Yeah. Gotcha. So cause mostly because they're over there, but right. It just it's mind boggling to me um, that these that these characters are not, you know, like like okay, so Brendan Rivers, you know, mm-hmm. like like when is that character? first mentioned so it's just, you know it's, it's just like it there he's not he's not i mean not until like late in the series um right so are these all things that are just hidden there and then he's just walking a character back in and saying now i'm gonna write some history on this guy you know I, I, i'm as i'm writing i want this guy to walk in here here's an important person i've had an idea of him in my mind now let me go back to i'm gonna use the series that i am writing histories actively in um, the Duncan Egg series. That's why you've always said, and I think it's it's very true. Everything in that series is is really important, and all of the players and the connections and the, you know, all, all the mm-hmm. theories with Sansa and, and her and her right. husbands and who she's going to marry based upon the so I mean Ashford I mean Meadow a, yeah and you think and you think about I mean so th- just think about Aegon right so 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 Egg right um, so as he's writing a Game of Thrones he's probably you know and. You have Amon, and then um, Amon tells John who he is, right? And so then he's like, "Ooh, that I can expand on this later." And so that turns into Egg, and then oh, what if I had a story of him? And then you get to see a young Maester Amon. There's a young Walter Frey. I mean, just you, you hear them mentioned, right? So, yeah, man, it's it's Maester Amon looking looking at his looking at his writing process and how that and how that all develops. Let me ask you a question. Well, hold on. Let, let me because Melisandre. Go back here. Does Mel? Uh, I can't remember. Is Melisandre Melisandre mentioned in? I think she is mentioned in a Game of Thrones. Like not her name, but just that Stannis has some. Yeah, at the Stannis, very, very end. Yeah, yeah, the very very end that Stannis has some sort of woman with her, with him. 
Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Um. Uh, dude. Okay. So, Maester Aemon, think about him for just a second. Did in in in? Let me see. When was it that he talks to John about his whole backstory? Right. Let's see. Considered helping. Yeah. Okay. It is Game of Thrones. Yeah. Amen because it's it's when it's Pycelle. when it's when John yeah. wants to go help Rob fight in the war and Aemon tells him you know are you are you a member of the Night's Watch or are you going to be you know like a young uh, boy or whatever like cuz look at what I gave up and he says you're Aemon Targaryen and he knows who he is yeah yeah so that story so that that's cool that's that's nice that like that's cuz I was thinking to myself like holy you know like if if Aemon was just given fatherly uh grandfatherly advice and like, you know, for a book or so, he doesn't know who Eamon actually is. I mean, but he does. Right. He, he has an idea, yeah. a, a rough idea of, of who he is. And then he builds around Maester Eamon and this connection. I mean, that's so crazy, right? You've got Danny, who's across the, the narrow sea at Essos, is this last Targaryen representing fire way over there. And then far up in the north, you've got one other old, old, tar- super young Targaryen, beautiful, mm-hmm. raising. And then you've got an ancient Maester you know, Aemon. I mean, it's just like, right. and then he's going to get a secret one. Ah, oh yeah. Right. I mean, well, it was the first time it was, remember the first time we read, uh, the hedge Knight, which you can find on our, on, on our, on our feed, by the way, if you go back to the old second breakfast days, and you yeah. really want to really want to want to listen to that. Our first time with that, we were like amazed because we'd one, never read it. And two, we we're just like, there's Targaryens everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they're just everywhere. Yeah, they're just like, they're, they're all over the place. And so, and then you get to the, the main series and there's not, well, ne- there might secretly be, of course. Mm-hmm. There might see everyone might secretly be a Targaryen. Might seems to be the uh, <laughs> is Tyrion one? Is you know is John actually one? Heck, Mira could be one. I mean, every you know everybody. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, friends. I I think it'd be kind of cool if, if people want something uh, fun to kind of look into. Think about it in terms of um, you know George's writing style and when things and when thoughts emerged. I mean, we've, we've always said that Mance Raider is super important. Why? He's mentioned right out the gate. Uh, the, the the king beyond like the wall. That whole every idea. chapter. Yeah, it's he's super a big deal. So right. the fact that he seems to be diminished a little bit as we get into the series, I think that's the ebb and flow. I think it's it's like he's really pre- he's a big deal. Let's diminish him for quite a bit, and then all oh, let's bring him back again. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. think he's gonna. I think something big's gonna happen eventually. That we should. Uh, that'd be an interesting kind of read to just kind of look and see like who are these characters that are mentioned. Um. And you just think about some of the ideas he's had behind him. I mean, I just go to brand, go to brand three when he's he talks about the mountain, right? Like blood, black eyes, and it's like, did you have that idea that this guy's yeah. going to be this guy's going to turn into this monster from the get go? Yeah, how far is, ahead was he thinking on that? You know what I mean? Because right, that's still books later. Um, for any many of that books to be, later, yeah. To be to be set up, so. But I mean, I guess I guess I guess you could almost have him as this as this character that makes a lot of sense. We were like, oh, I have because I have I have the hound, and he's like disfigured. And then I'm gonna have him have have his brother, and they're gonna fight. And then actually, maybe I can have it'd be these cool characters to kind of split up and put on opposite sides, um, you know, just as 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 kind of side characters. Because, you know, you, I, I think about characters like Euron Greyjoy. You know, none of none of those guys, Victorian Greyjoy, Arian Greyjoy, none of those guys are, are mentioned in the first book. And so you have Theon and you have Balon. But when did you decide, oh, I'm going to give Theon a sister and all these other people? Oh, and this guy's going to actually be the the one to come in and, and maybe be the final villain. Uh, you know, the, the yeah. so yeah. so so who knows? 
Right. Yeah, that's a good point. That yeah, it's, it's like when when do you? Because he's got the idea for all these houses and for what is to come, but you've got to be building towards towards an end. I mean, I, I hate to say it's a Star Wars sequel situation, but if you don't know the end, I mean, or George I think he has does. the he does. He has the pillars. He has the mm-hmm. these are the big points I'm driving towards. The big reveal, twist, turn, right. awesome reveal stuff and along the way we're gonna have all sorts of stuff that i'm gonna weave together and so right yeah yeah um, i I often describe it as he is he's 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 got the present and he's trying to tie this like really elaborate bow you know and then it's then you just pull it and it all just it all comes out and it all looks amazing well guys hey let us know shoot us some comments shoot us some more ravens uh, and we can continue to hammer these out. I, this is sometimes these are kind of fun. Whereas, and I just pick a couple ravens uh, and just and just roll with it. So yep. let us yep. know. So all right, guys. Hey, with that, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be back on the chapter reread, chapter thirty-eight, Aria Eight of A Clash of Kings. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week with what might be another special episode uh, that we uh, tentatively have planned. So just keep your ears open for that one. And remember that winter is coming. <laughs>